So we don't want to be belligerent in Babylon, nor do we want to be belittled or shrink in Babylon, but we do want to believe in Babylon. We want to gain influence in Babylon. We want to love in Babylon. We want to serve in Babylon. We want many to follow Jesus as a result of us being in Babylon. And that's why we're here tonight. So Troy's going to share a story about how he got his first car. Yeah, so when I was in high school, my parents um, gave me this offer and were like, hey, if you memorize a book of the Bible or buy your first car. So, of course, I'm going to take that offer. I uh, chose Second Timothy, great book. Um, love getting to study that a little bit deeper. But um, my family's great with cars, and so we bought this used vehicle. It had been totaled. Rear was all torn up, missing a door. Yeah, so there's kind of the before picture. And my grandpa literally builds cars from the frame up, so he's just brilliant with them. So um, we started working on that, and then that's what gave me motivation to keep memorizing, like, because Second Timothy, it's one of the shorter books, but um, yeah, so there's the after, and uh, yeah, I owe him a lot for that. It looks amazing, but um, uh, yeah, so um, just kind of the idea of keeping your eyes towards the end, even during the process, um, it helps us get through and provides us with motivation. And I found this verse in Ephesians. It's Ephesians 2.10. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So I think when we are able to let go and surrender and um, our own agenda and just keep our eyes towards the end goal, um, we're able to do the good things God has planned for us. And he will create in us a new spirit. And that's pretty cool. And then give us a Mustang. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that imagery of thinking about that car, how it looks. You don't see that in the beginning, but it's there. It's at the very end. And so uh, just to kind of set this up, uh, I was part of an adult with disabilities ministry. I think I mentioned that before at our church, and uh, I used to lead worship at it every week. And there was one guy that had the same prayer request every week, and it wasn't really a prayer request. He would stand up and be like, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Tomorrow. Then he would sit down. (laughs) Next week, he stands up. Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Tomorrow. And sit down. And he would do that every single week. He had the eye to the end. And he was living a life he didn't have to defend. And we would be a lot better off if we lived our lives like that, like my friend, wouldn't we? Jesus is coming back tomorrow. You may not study as much, though. Or maybe you would. Maybe you would. If you need to just have to study one more time. But keeping an eye to the end means living a life uh, you don't have to defend. And that's what we're talking about tonight is that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. Right? Okay, so Daniel 12, 1 through 4 says, At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting disgrace. Those who are wise will shine as bright as the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever. 
But you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the end, until the time of the end, when many will rush here and there, and knowledge will increase. All right. So, verse 1, it says there's going to be a time of anguish. And regardless of your end-time stance, maybe really end-time stance, what? Don't worry about it. it don't, don't get too much into it, right? Or you'll get confused like me, okay? Uh, but there's going to be, everybody believes that at the end of time, there's going to be this time of anguish where it's going to get really, really, really bad. And I uh, just want to say real quick before we go on to the next point, that's, okay, that's easy for us to say that things aren't really, really, really bad yet. Tell that to someone in Syria who had their family member murdered because they were a Christian or in Iraq or pick your place over in that area. It's easy for us to say that, right? Well, things have to get really bad for, well, okay. Time of anguish, it's coming. Okay, so we start with this intense suffering. And the end of Daniel is all about trials and suffering. Um, and it says that everyone whose name is written in the book... Okay, so every time someone decides to become a Christian, God records their name in the Lamb's book of life. And so if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have put your trust in Jesus, God has put your name in the Lamb's book of life. And uh, we got, in every ancient town had a book where it had all of its residents listed. And just think about that, that God, you are a future resident of heaven. Your name is written down. And God has been taking good note of you. I just love that. And it's all the way through the Bible. Exodus, Psalms, Book of Psalms, uh, Malachi, Luke, Revelation, all the way through talks about this book. And it says that at the end, that many will rise up at the very end of times. So there's going to be a time of anguish. Everybody whose name is written in the, in the book, they will rise up. And there's just two options here. Some were raised to everlasting life. And some were raised to everlasting shame. And we don't have time to go into the details of both of those things. But just so you know, everlasting life, uh, that's where we want to be, right? And it only comes, you guys may know the verse, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's the same phrase from Hebrew to Greek right here. Uh, as it is in John 3, 16. And the other option is not good. It's not good. I would love to leave this one out. Number two, let's leave that one out. Cut it out of the Bible. It's too hard, too sad, too terrifying. Uh, you know, I, it just it hurts my every part of who I am, right? Maybe, maybe you too. And, uh, but it's there. That the other option, if we have not trusted Jesus for salvation, if we've trusted ourselves we will experience everlasting shame. The only other place in the Bible where this word for shame appears is in Isaiah 66, 24. And Jesus actually quoted it. It says, where the worm does not die and the, fly, the fire doesn't go out. But God, he desires everyone to be saved. Ezekiel 33, 11 is one of my favorite verses. It says um, that God does not cherish the death of the wicked. I think a lot of people don't know that. It's in the Old Testament. Because you think Old Testament, gloom, doom. But like right in the middle of all this like prophetic crazy language in Ezekiel, it says, I do not cherish the death of the wicked. He would rather you turn and live is what it says. 
He would rather you have eternal life. And so we find ourselves with these two, two options. Will we choose everlasting life or everlasting shame? And the answer is found in Jesus. We'll get to that later too. And it says that those who are wise, those who are rising up to everlasting life will shine like stars. And there's like dual language. And Paul used it later on in Philippians 2 to talk about complaining, actually, which is really interesting. Um, but that we will shine like stars. And we got some great art from Adriana uh, to pass out here after a while. It's so good. And so we will, uh, and then the last thing he says, it says, seal up the book. So Daniel was told, like some of his other visions, that these things will not take place for quite some time. And so time is very hard for us. Everything about this week for you is about time and deadlines. Imagine college without deadlines. Imagine life without a clock. Imagine life without the limitations of fatigue and sin. Talking about heaven. It's the thing that we want, right? We, we, we don't want all these limitations of what we can do. But, but I think only God knows how to get you from the time of anguish to the very end to where you are shining like stars, right? He's the only one that knows how to do that. And so he knows how to, to get you from suffering to shining. And so keeping an eye to the end means living a life you don't have to defend. So Daniel 12, 5 through 8 says, Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on the opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man dressed in linen, who is now standing above the river, How long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both his hands toward heaven and took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times, and half a time. Then the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. All these things will have happened. I heard what he said, but I did not understand what he meant. So I asked, how will all this finally end, my Lord? So you got these two figures, and a lot of people believe that the one who is speaking is Gabriel. The one dressed in linen is, the, is Daniel 10, the vision from Daniel 10, if you've been in a life group this semester, uh, the vision of Jesus, and very similar to Revelation chapter 1. And so the one, they're both beside this river, and all of a sudden Jesus is above the river. I love that. I don't know what that means, but he's above it. And not only that, he's got his arms out, you know, and he declares that it would be for a time, time, and half a time, okay? And people, some people stop right there like, what does that mean? We need to write 17,000 books on the meaning of the time, time, and times a half a time, three and a half years. Well, if three and a half years times... 1,300 days and 1,500 miles between Jerusalem and Rome. And it's like, okay, seriously? And they missed the entire point of the passage. What is Jesus saying in this passage? He is saying that this is only going to last for a time. The time of anguish is a time of anguish. It is not an eternal time of anguish, unless you refuse to trust Jesus for salvation. Um, But this means that every trial that you face is temporary. Every trial you face has an expiration date. Every trial you face, uh, all the troubles and trials are temporary. So keeping an eye to the end means living a life you don't have to defend. Daniel 12, 9 through 12 says, But he said, Go now, Daniel, for what I have said is kept secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined by these trials. 
but the wicked will continue in their wickedness, and none of them will understand. Only those who are wise will know what it means. From the time the daily sacrifice is stopped and the sacrilegious object that causes desecration is set up to be worshipped, there will be 1,290 days. And blessed are those who wait and remain until the end of the 1,335 days. Okay, this, uh, aside from hell itself and thinking about that, this makes me even crazier. So, verses 9 through 12, and you may have felt like this is this semester. It's like this process that God takes you through. Uh, the word for purified, the Hebrew means purge out. Cleanse means whiten. Refine means to refine or sift, to sift. So, this is the, pro, the process that Jesus takes you through. Okay, well, I would... I wasn't taught this when I was wanting to get baptized. They weren't like, hey, God's going to, he's going to purge you, he's going to whiten you, and he's going to sift you. And he's going to do that through trials. And I'm going to be like, oh man, I don't want this. I'll be jumping out. I'll be running away. Um, maybe that's what a 10-year-old would have done. Hopefully older me would have done a, wouldn't have ran away. But purge, whiten, sift. Purge, whiten, sift. Purge, whiten, sift. Those who enjoy everlasting life will not get there on accident. If you will allow, and I was just talking to Nathan, our student president. I don't know where Nathan's sitting, but uh, right there. That there's this awesome Eugene Peterson quote. It talks about going from being safe to being sound. Being safe is justification. When you place your trust in Jesus, when you become a Christian, when you give everything you have to him, when you repent and you are baptized, you, you take all those initial steps to following Jesus, you're safe. Then, the rest of your life is about him making you sound. That's sanctification. Safe and sound. That making you sound is not going to feel good at times. It's just not. And... One of the things that came out of our preparation time, this is so good. One day, Jesus will make all things right. But for right now, he'll make it all right. And it may not even, like, register in your mind, like, how this rationally makes sense for it to be all right. Maybe all the data is saying something else, but your heart knows that it's going to be all right. So that before Jesus makes it all right, he'll make it all right. Okay, keeping an eye to the end means living a life. You don't have to fit in. Let's read our last verse. Daniel twelve thirteen says, As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Okay, so I encourage you, if you've got a Bible or you're in the app or something, write this down, you know, make a note. I wrote this in my Bible when I was listening to a teaching one time on this, and it's so helpful because he told them three things at the end, and this is exactly what you need to learn tonight. Because he tells them to go your own way. And also mentioned in verse 9, God is essentially telling Daniel not to worry about when all of these things take place. Like, what's the timing going to be? When is this going to happen? Am I going to be able to make it? Am I going to be able to survive the time of anguish? Am I going to be able to survive the Antichrist when he sets up a fake kingdom where everybody's going to be going in droves to it? Am I going to fall for it, or am I going to stay true to Jesus? He's like, no, 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 no. Okay, 
Just be faithful until death, which is what it says in Revelation 2.10. Don't let the future negatively affect your present or cause you to be afraid. God wants the opposite of that to happen in your life, to where the future excites you. Like you're thinking about Jesus and the sky splitting open and time stopping and finals not happening, and you're like, yes, Lord, come, Lord Jesus, tomorrow. You're like, tonight, all right? Amen. Go your own way and you will rest. What does that mean? If you were to die right now, you would not go to heaven as it will be. You would have life after death, okay? Life after death, I don't know if you know the that Jesus told the story of uh, the rich man and Lazarus, and they both died, and, and you know, the Lazarus went to paradise and was chilling with Abraham. <laughs> the rich man wasn't. He was in torment, in flames. And somehow there was like this way where he could see over. I'm not even sure how that even works, but we do know there's an intermediate uh, spot. In Revelation 6.10, the, the souls under the altar were saying, How long, O Lord, how long until you bring justice upon the earth? And so that's life after death. The third one you will rise to receive is life after life after death. That will be your eternal dwelling. That's when heaven comes down from God to earth and God renovates this entire place with fire. And he makes it durable for eternity. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but I just said it. Okay? We'll figure it out when it happens. But this is all in the Bible. You can check it all out. It's in the, in the app, like 2 Peter 3, 1 Corinthians 15, Revelation 7. He'll make all wrong things right. He'll make it all right. All right. Um, not just all right for the time being. So keeping an eye to the end means living a life you don't have to defend. I just want to, before Sydney shares her story, and uh, they're both going to share uh, two personal stories, we're going to ask you some questions. And she has had an awful week. Had like a double ear infection in, in both ears and a sinus infection. Right after we met our last, we, we meet twice for our message preparation. And right after we met for the second one is when all this came on and it had a death in the family. And, and so she is my hero right now. So I thank you so much for coming tonight, Sydney. Appreciate it. So um, Andrew asked me to share kind of what's been happening in my life lately. Um, so the summer before my freshman year, my father got a new job. Um, yeah, it's my fam. <laughs> um, and so um, we put our house up for sale because there was a really good possibility that we would have to move um, to another um, part of town. Um, our house sold really quickly, um, and it was a house that I grew up in. And um, so my little sister and my parents um, moved in with my grandparents for the, um, a while, and then I moved into college for my freshman year. Um, that was really hard because um, just being moving and then not really being able to go back home. So all my friends were getting homesick. They were able to go home. Um, my grandparents' house is comforting. Grandma's cooking is really the best. But um, it just really wasn't the same. Um, so my dad started traveling for his new job. Um, and just start, things just kind of started happening, and um, we all knew that God was kind of rocking our boat. Um, he was making sure that our, our foundation was firm in Him. And um, so I'm a I'm a processor. I'm a planner. I like a plan. Um, I like to overanalyze things. Um, and so, verse 13 um, it says, "Go your own way until the end." Um, 
Daniel was um, encouraged not only to physically walk away and continue his journey, but also mentally walk away and just um, stop the questions, stop the, the dwelling on things. And um, that's something that really stuck out to me because um, I, as so much has been happening, I really could just start dwelling on it instead of dwelling on what God wants me to. Um, Psalms 119, 143 says, as stress, as stress and pressure bear down on me, I will find joy in your commands. Um, that's a great verse for finals week. <laughs> We're all stressed. Um, but that's been um, kind of what God has been teaching me through all of this is just how to have joy in the chaos and what kind of that looks like. Um, I think it looks different for everyone. Um, but so my um, family got the news that we um, were going to have to move to Illinois for my dad's job. So we started that process of looking for houses and moving and um, found a house, moved, and I decided to go back to South Bend to take a summer class. So I lived with my grandparents. Um, so summer is going well. I'm going to class, commuting back and forth to see my family, and um, I figure out how to have a social life. Still have not figured that out, but working on it. Um, and so my little sister went in for just a normal doctor's appointment. And um, a few weeks later, after seeing a specialist, she got diagnosed with a genetic heart condition. Um, and so as our family started processing that, um, figuring out if any of us had it, because it is genetic, um, my older sister was studying abroad in Costa Rica. And um, she got back, she lives in South Carolina. She got back and became severely ill. Um, and so we had to fly her to um, an infectious disease doctor in Chicago. And um, she had contracted a really rare um, arthritic illness that um, inflicted severe pain in her joints and her muscles and just weird symptoms. And so um, she came back to Illinois to be with us as she recovered as we kind of started figuring out um, what my little sister's condition kind of looked like and where we go from there. And so um, my older sister recovered, and um, then my mom fell and broke her shoulder. And really, like, weird break, and um, she has been dealing with that since the end of July, just had a procedure, like, a few weeks ago. Um, so that's been happening. Um, I distinctly remember calling my mom one morning she was just kind of venting about all of everything that's been happening. And um, she said, I feel like God just wants me to sit here on the porch in the middle of nowhere, Illinois, and just dive into the Bible. And that was just a really good reminder for me just to sit and dwell in God's presence. Um, my, I was venting the other day to my best friend, and she said, um, I'm really sorry to hear all that, you know, very encouraging, but she said, what is God doing through all of this? What are you learning? And that was an, got another really good um, stop, take into account what God is doing through all of this. Um, <clears throat> just in the past two weeks, um, my mom and sister were um, at our house in Illinois, and um, a tornado came through like a mile away. And then our power went out, so they went into town to get some food and got in a car accident. And so they're okay, but again, just really, just one thing after the other. Um, and then on Wednesday, we received some pretty devastating news about a close family member passing away. And so um, keeping an eye to the end, 
means living a life you don't have to defend. Uh, I think it's, it would have been really easy for me to become um, defensive of all of these things that are, all of these waves that are hitting me. Um, but I think when you become defensive, you don't really see what God's doing in it. You don't, um, you kind of, I've caught myself trying to put up walls, trying to protect myself, trying to protect my family. But I think um, just through everything, just figuring out what God has for me. Um, I'm a really big Lauren Daigle fan. She's a Christian singer. And um, she has a song called Everything. And some of the lyrics say, even the oceans push and pull at your command. So you can still my heart with your hand. You tell the seasons when it's time for them to turn. So I will trust you even when it hurts. You give me everything. You give me everything I need. It's been a really great reminder for me that um, just as everything in my life has been just falling apart, um, that my, my God is my everything. And that is where I will find my stability and my strength and my joy in the chaos. Um, Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 13, it says, For there every th everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. And if you're familiar with this passage, Solomon kind of goes in to list different um, seasons of life. Um, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance. Uh, verse 9 says, What do people really get for all their hard work? I have seen the burden God has placed on us all, yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has placed eternity in the human heart, but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Ooh. All right, four questions out of the passage. First question, is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Troy's going to share a story in just a couple minutes about shining like stars. Are you going to be one of those sh stars that's shining for eternity? That, that's, that's a metaphor. You're not going to become a star. but uh, Are you going to be with Jesus for all of eternity? Are you going to be part of the new heavens and the new earth that's coming? Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Second question, are you treating your trials as temporary or permanent? Let me say again, your trials, your finals, your classes, your college career has an expiration date. Eventually it will end, right? And it's not lasting. You know, we were just saying before when we were praying and going over the message earlier that um, some people die a, die a thousand deaths and fearing only one. Is that you? Are you dying a thousand deaths and fearing only one? It's, it's, it's temporary. And uh, the third question, are you one with whom God has tested and talked? A lot of times, we end up getting tested and we stop talking to God. That is the time when you need to lock in. Go book of Psalms. You know, cry out to the Lord. Tell Him how you're feeling. Uh, that's why my advice, I had no advice for Sydney uh, after this past week. But the one thing I did, get your guitar out and sing as much as you possibly can. Sing your way through this. Fourth question, do you think daily about life after, life after death? And I was telling Patrick earlier, we say I to the end, because if you keep both eyes on the end, you get nothing done. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, it's all going to end. Fire, you know, renovation, no tears, no sadness, no pain, no obstacles. One eye to the end, 
another eye on what God is doing right now. So Troy's going to share this story, and then we'll, we'll close out. Yeah, so when studying this chapter, verse 3 really stuck out to me, and it was about shining like stars. And so this reminded me of a family vacation we took um, when I was in middle school. And we flew into Las Vegas, and I remember um, just being in awe of all the different architecture and all the different flashing lights. These aren't my pictures, by the way, but uh, <laughs> thanks, Google. But um, yeah, so just being in awe of all the flashing lights, all the distractions. But what I remember most from that trip is when we stopped at Bryce Canyon, and we happened to luck into a night where there was no moon out, um, clear sky, and it's actually one of the brightest, or the darkest places, so you can see the stars the brightest. And I can remember being able to see just the Milky Way, the band of it, and um, yeah, so that's what I remember most about that um, trip. And then so Daniel 3 reminded me of some verses in John 17, it's Jesus praying, and he says, I have given them your word, and the world hates them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I myself, as a holy sacrifice for them, so they can be made holy by your truth. And so um, we aren't promised an easy life without suffering, but Jesus does pray for our safety from the evil one. Um, and Jesus sacrificed his life so that we could be made holy, but sometimes uh, I fall um, prey to just being too fearful to mention him in front of others. And so this really struck out to me. I kind of thought about um, we can see the stars when it's darkest out, so we should shine brightest in the dark situations. And sometimes it's too easy and we fall prey to just getting distracted by all the flashing lights around us and we just tend to blend in and we don't really stick out. So um, a question I started asking myself um, when I was studying this was, in what ways have I been living to stand out rather than blend in? And I have to say I haven't done a great job of that this semester. I've been trying to finish stronger than I started. But um, I kind of leave that question to you guys. Like, how have you been living to stand out rather than just fit in? Um, that's often difficult. Um, I love to be liked and um, just to fit in. But um, I think it's lyrics from Lecrae. He um, says, if you live for people's acceptance, you'll die from their rejection. So uh, just kind of leave that with, um, or that thought with you guys about um, how can you stand out to those on this campus, and how can you um, keep an eye to the end? All right. So what is the whole deal? Keeping an eye to the end means living a life I don't have to defend. What does that even mean? What happened to Daniel? 85-year-old Daniel. Okay, he's about to die, and that's essentially what Gabriel's telling him here at the end. You know, go your way to the end. And... Um, we don't have any major scandal on Daniel in a book, the Bible, that is full of scandals. It's full of shortcomings and stupid mistakes that people make all the way through. Daniel, we got nothing. The only instance we have is him being 80 years old, and they tried to find something wrong with him. They searched through his life, and the only thing they could find with 80-year-old Daniel, all the baggage, you know, think of him being a politician. They're trying to dig something up. 
They got nothing. The only thing that they had was that he prayed. He prays a lot. All right. That's how we're going to get him thrown to lions. And um, so maybe with my friend, Jesus is coming back tomorrow. How about we start acting like that? Acting like that. Before, before everything is going to be made all right, everything's going to be set right, he's going to make it all right. Okay? Do you trust that? Do you believe that tonight? It's available. So let's, uh, let's stand together and pray. We don't always do that, but I feel like we do. And um, how about you grab the arm or neck, person next to you, don't, don't uh, pull their shoulder out of socket. Let's uh, band together and let's pray. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for tonight. Uh, we know, and I've been saying this uh, to a few people I've been just doing the bridge diagram with and what it means to become a Christian, that uh, this is not going to be an easy life, but it's going to be a worth it life. Um, God, we want you to make all things right. We want the sky to split right now. We want time to stop. We want the dead in Christ to rise right now. <laughs> but until then, uh, we know that you're going to make it all right. So God, please continue to work and move in our lives in ways that we can't. God, we're in over our heads. <laughs> Way in over our heads, and we need your help. And if you don't come through, uh, we're in trouble. So God, we trust you tonight. I want to pray for every student here that you would carry them. Uh, you wouldn't walk with them. They can't walk at this point. You're going to have to carry them all the way to the end of this week. Some of them have it all the way to Saturday. And I pray that you would. You would throw them there if you have to, God. You would get them there. God, thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin so that we could enjoy everlasting life. And it's in Jesus' name. All God's people said? Amen. Amen.